Today we close out the Path of the Exile series. It's kind of sad because we've been doing this since the very beginning of the year, but we've seen so many good things come out of First Peter here. And, and I love the scriptures because you can, I mean, no matter how many times you can read it, you can keep mining things. We could just start First Peter all over again and get a whole bunch more out of it because scripture is alive, it's active, and, and I'm so thankful for that. So uh, we are going to close up today. And what I love about Peter's letter and what I love about what Paul does in a lot of his letters at the very end of his letters to the churches, what he does is he gives a shout out to his co-workers in the gospel, to his friends or to longtime friends. And, and many of us, I mean, come on, if we're just honest, we'll just skip over these parts. Like there's really nothing here. He's kind of closing it out. He's saying goodbye. So get over with, you know, get on with it. But there's a lot here. So I want to look at this first Peter chapter five and verse 12 here at the very end, the last couple of scriptures, it says this by Sylvanus, a faithful brother, as I regard him, I have written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. So he mentions this old friend. And I was thinking about that this week. And I had an old friend of mine who a couple months ago, he suggested, he's from Oklahoma, and he suggested, man, we need to get together. We need to get together and just like meet in Branson or something and just hang out some more. And I thought, man, that would be so awesome. And then, of course, all of this hit and we can't do it. So, uh, But I thought, man, you have to be intentional about maintaining old friendships. I love this saying that I heard a while ago, and it says this, it takes a long time to become old friends. It takes a long time to become old friends. Do you have any old friends? And I don't mean just like friends that are old. I mean, people that you've known for a long, long time. Most people don't have them because why? Because we are kind of the boycott generation where if we don't like something about a company, let's boycott that company. And if we're honest, some of that comes into play in our relationships. And we start, if we don't like something, all of a sudden we'll boycott a relationship that we don't like. And the truth is this, relationships are harder to maintain than they are to start. Friendships are harder to maintain than they are to start. Marriages are harder to maintain than they are to start. And so many of us, we don't have old friends because we aren't willing to maintain the relationships along the way. Now, this guy named Sylvanus, if you, if you aren't familiar with who he is, he's actually Silas, who many of you guys will remember from the famous story in the book of Acts, where Paul and Silas are preaching the gospel. Paul casts out a spirit out of this lady who was kind of a fortune teller, and everybody got upset about that, and the whole city came out, and they were angry at Paul and Silas and they threw him into prison. They beat him and they put him in the inner prison with the locks and chains and they're all bound and they begin singing and praising God at midnight. And at midnight, the earthquake came and set them all free. It's a very famous story. And this is the Silas that, that Peter's giving a shout out to. Later on, it'll say that, you know, there's that famous scripture that these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. You know who it's talking about? It's talking about Paul and Silas. So this guy, Silas here that's being mentioned, he has been a faithful, longtime friend of Peter. And here he is with Peter. And he's most likely, scholars believe, he's the one that's now going to carry this letter that Peter wrote to the churches. It takes a long time to become old friends. And so he gets a shout out by Peter here at the end saying, hey, this is one of my fellow co-workers in the gospel. And he's one of my longtime friends. So I thought it would be cool if 
here at the end of this series, we did the same thing. And you got to hear a shout out from a few of our ministry leaders. And I wish I could have everybody do this, but we don't have time for that. Uh, but here's just a few clips of some of our ministry leaders sharing some of their thoughts that God has been speaking to them during the path of the exile. Let's give a shout out to some of our ministry leaders and let's watch this. Hey, Journey Church, uh, Chris and Felicia Athey here, and, and we wanted to kind of speak to you a little bit today regarding uh, the sermon series, obviously, that we're in and concluding, which is the path of the exile. And believe it or not, in looking back, it's hard to believe we've we've been on this for four months now. Uh, and if we go, rewind back to the very first sermon uh, that Pastor Sean kicked off this series, he really took some time to, to focus on uh, the importance of our personal witness. And he talked about the Great Commission and what our mission field actually looks like. One of the points that Sean made during that sermon is that some of us may have misidentified what the mission field is, that it is not necessarily in a faraway place of extreme lack and danger, but in fact, the mission field is right in front of you. You are where you are placed right now at this very moment in time is your mission field. And we are called to be faithful to uh, the mission field that's right in front of us. And so it was interesting how he introduced the subject because he took time to talk about how it was a, a pastoral word or a prophetic word. And, and really, as you look at the circumstance today, we're not necessarily... Uh, exiled, but we are in a degree isolated, and it really sets the stage to do exactly what he was talking about is is to to the great commission, which is to to share the light of Christ to those that are around us and to love on those that are around us. And that takes me to um, a sermon that was in the middle of this series um, titled "Love." And during that sermon, there was a question asked that said that said, do you feel the love? And one of the things that just really personally God has been working with me on is another point that was made during that sermon is that we are called uh, or we are to be relational and not transactional. And I really had to think about that and ask myself a question recently, which was, have I taken for granted opportunities that God has given me to be relational and to show the love of Christ. And I would say, yes, I have. And uh, why? Well, I'm still figuring that part out. But one of the reasons is, I think, our routines and schedules. And I can get focused on task instead of on um what really the uh, moment that is being presented is about. And so um, every moment that we have should be considered an opportunity from God to form a relationship with somebody if given the chance and to show the love of Christ. So I just want to encourage the church today is that, you know, as we are truly in this environment and in this setting, that that God still has a plan and a purpose, and I, I want to just encourage you to to do just that is is to be that ambassador for Christ that we are called to be, mm -hmm. and and to continue to love those who are around you. And I want you to know that you're loved, yeah. 
and I, I want you to to feel the love but but more importantly is is I want you to know that that Jesus loves you and that he cares for you and that he has not forgotten about us and that he's got a plan and a purpose and we've have an opportunity to drown out all the noise all the noise all the distractions all the different things that would pull at us you know with parents you divide and conquer you go with this kid I go with that kid a lot of that stuff has been pulled away from us so that we can get back to the basics the simple things which is that relationship with God loving him and then loving your neighbor as yourself those mm-hmm. two commandments and I'm telling you I've, I've been so encouraged I'm so excited and and I want to be positive in the circumstance to say hey we're not six weeks into you know being disconnected from each other but we're six weeks closer to getting to see each other. So I want yes. you to be encouraged, know that you're loved, know that Jesus loves you, and I'm excited what God's going to do with Journey Church. So these are just a few things that um, this sermon series, Path of the Exile, has spoken to us and that God has been showing us, and we hope that this is encouragement for you all. Amen. Yeah, so we are out in a field um, back behind our house, and what you see behind us are a bunch of fruit trees. And these fruit trees, they just came out of a winter, and they were dormant, and they were, um, you know, needing time before they started to have a new season where they began to bud and began to produce new fruit. And our next door neighbor, he takes care of these fruit trees. And so right after winter, he came out and he pruned all of these branches um, of all these trees behind us. And he looked at all these limbs and he thought which ones were not producing fruit and so he pruned those off he looked at which ones were producing good fruit but he wanted them to produce more so he carefully pruned those um, a little bit and so what he did was he made it to where these trees can produce more fruit and new fruit in this upcoming season and just a tidbit of information that we found about pruning is that the best time to prune a fruit tree is during its dormancy state. And so when these trees were dormant, that's when it's the best time to prune so that they produce new and more fruit in the next and upcoming season. And just like Megan just shared about pruning when the trees are in a dormant state, um, that's very similar to our lives today. We've been told, stay home, be dormant, don't go out, and it It may feel like even a fiery trial like we read recently in 1 Peter 4.12, and I want to read it to you. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. It doesn't shock God what's happened. He didn't cause it, but he's not surprised by it. And so the word that God has given Megan and I during this season to share with you is just like trees are pruned in that dormant state, God is saying, I want to prune you during this season, this fiery trial even, where you're put into dormancy. And so Pastor Sean shared some things um, regarding trials. And he said that during those trials, you find out where your allegiances are. What are those things that God is saying, I want to I prune, 
I want to take these things up. They might have been good things. Maybe they were, you were going to a lot of, you know, sporting events or, you know, church activity, whatever it might be. But God's saying, I want to bear new fruit in this new season. And the way that he does that is by pruning. Yeah. So we just want to encourage you that in this season to just really allow the Holy Spirit to identify what areas in your life needs to be pruned. Maybe it's in your relationships. Maybe it's in um, just your personal walk with God. And again, like Joseph said, it could be a good thing, but maybe he wants to really fine tune it and really make it to where it's going to produce even more fruit. Or maybe it's something that maybe wasn't a good thing. Maybe it was a distraction before. And he says, you know what? I want that cut off because I want you to bear better fruit and something that I have for you in your new season when we come out of this. And so be encouraged today. Just know that God is doing a good work in you and he wants to do a new work in you. So be encouraged. We love you guys. During this time of quarantine, self-isolation, lockdown, shelter at home, whatever you want to call it, um, there has been a, um, a word an idea that has been continually coming up again and again for Sarah and I as we've been talking with people, as we've been praying, and we just keep hearing the word opportunity. Opportunity. We believe that this, even though it's not something that God imposed upon us, and, we, and ultimately we want this done. We want to be back together in person, uh, like Pastor Sean just preached. This is not how it's supposed to be. But as this is in place right now, we believe there is a window of opportunity because things have changed. We're looking at how has this changed, created an opportunity to do something incredible. And uh, we, I think there are two ways we can look at this. And I wanna ask Sarah to talk about the first way, which is an opportunity to reach out. So we do believe this is a season of creative opportunities for us to share love and joy and hope and encouragement to our families and friends and just the world around us. Um, something that I do every day, I'll wake up in the morning, get my Bible out and I'll just listen. Um, I believe the Holy Spirit speaks and he has things for us to do. We have a purpose and a calling in this world to reach out to the people that are lost, that are hurting. And if you just sit and listen, God is wanting to talk. And there'll be times I will hear God give me a word to say to just a few people or a, a bigger group of people. But if you take time, whether it's the morning or the evening, I believe that God wants to share what's on his heart with you to share with the circle of influence of the people that are in your world. Um, and just another thing, um, just a word beyond opportunity was this idea of fishing for connection. And um, in the Bible, it talks about how Jesus and his disciples would throw their nets out. And I believe we're supposed to throw our nets out um, and see who will catch those um, words of encouragement or hope that we're supposed to, as Christians, sow seed into people. And so I just encourage you this week, just take time, um, whether whatever time of the day you have, take time to sit and listen because God wants to talk to you. That's right. There are people that uh, maybe there's been a barrier or a wall of some kind that's been hard to reach out to them. Uh, this may be the time to do it because what we found is that even a simple text to a person um, 
we've heard back. It's just so we're so thankful that you did that. It's, I'm so glad to hear from somebody. People are wanting connection, and so this is an opportunity to do it. Um, and then another way of looking at this, or another approach to the idea of opportunity, is not just reaching out, but reaching in. So you are sheltering in place. A lot of you are with people, with your family members. Um, this quarantine has has in some ways taken families that have been going all sorts of different directions and pulled them, uh, sometimes against their will, into one place in one time. We're praying for you. We're praying for you. That's right. <laughs> but there is something good that can come out of this, and we want to see this as an, as an opportunity. So um, you don't just look at this time as, I don't know what to do. I'm just sitting here. I feel like I'm not doing anything. Take advantage of this time. If you've, if you've struggled in the past with trying to get a daily devotional time going with your family, this is an awesome time to do it. Um, take time, if you've got kids, take time with each, with each of your kids and spend time with them. Do something important with them. My son and I, we're going to build a fort here this week. Uh, we're going to do things that are memorable things. We're going to make memories. We're going to make use of this time and budget it for important things. So don't miss the opportunity to reach in to the people that are close to you that you're sharing this time with. And then the, the, to take it one step further, you can use this as an opportunity to build your relationship and your connection with God. Um, I love how Psalms 23, the psalm that talks about how God is a good shepherd, it says that he makes us lie down in green pastures. And there is nothing wrong with resting. Let me say this again, because some of you need to hear this. There's nothing wrong with resting. Um, I'm not talking about being lazy. I'm talking about being strategic and intentional and seeking uh, a refreshing time, solitude with God, um, and allowing yourself to be reset and a reboot, you know, with you have a computer that is getting slow and not working right. Uh, a lot of times that's because there's too much information and too much junk in the computer. You need to turn it off, turn it back on again, and it works right again. And this is kind of like a reboot for so many people, but we need to be willing to rest. We need to be willing to give ourselves permission to use this opportunity to rest and let God refresh us and re-strengthen us. Hey Journey Church, I'm Becca, and I just thought on this beautiful day when the sun is shining and the birds are singing that we should take a few moments and discuss some intense suffering that one of the people in the Bible went through. Seriously though, during this time of quarantine, I don't know that I would describe what we're going through as suffering per se, but you know, it is difficult, right? I mean. We're all close together with the same people day in and day out with not a lot of things to break it up and tempers can get a little hot, uh, patience can wear a little short. And I don't know if any of you are like me, but I tend to justify things. I mean, right? I mean, that was the 12th time that they said that or well, they responded first with a tone. So that means I need to come back and respond with this tone so that I can be heard and on and on and on, right? 
And so that's why during this time, God has been just bringing up this one scripture to me over and over and over again as an example of that I can respond well, I can respond with love and grace. So let's talk about Job for a minute. Uh, the Bible calls him uh, blameless and upright. He feared God, he shunned evil. And um, not only that, but he was very, 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 very rich. He had a lot of stuff. He had a lot of servants. He had a lot of land. He had 10 children. And um, the Bible, in fact, says that he was the greatest man in the East. And so you could imagine what that meant for him and for his family. You know, they were always well cared for. He was probably very well respected. Whenever he, you know, came into a room, people grew quiet. And I, I'm just saying he had a very high standing in his community. And then in one day, everything gets taken away from him. He, all of his possessions get stolen or destroyed. And all 10 of his children who happen to be under the same building, they die. And so he loses it all. And then on top of that, he develops what the Bible calls painful boils all over his body. Ew. And so he is really having a rough day. I mean, can we agree with that? I hope, I hope that none of us are having a day like Job did. Well, to make everything worse, um, his wife comes into the picture. And the reason it makes it worse is because of the thing that she says to him. And unfortunately, we don't know anything about Job's wife. You know, all we know is this one sentence that she says to her husband when her husband is at his very bottom. And she says, do you still hold fast to your integrity, curse God and die? What? <laughs> I mean, now granted, she's having a really bad day too, right? All of her children have died. She has lost everything as, as well but she is justifying that and she is acting out of these negative emotions and she says this horrible thing to her husband when that is not what he needs right now. And so that's not the part I wanna bring up though. I wanna bring up Job's response to her when she says that to him. And it blew me away the first time I saw it. And what he says is, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. I, I just find that amazing, you guys. I mean, he doesn't say, you are a foolish woman. He says, you're talking as if you're a foolish woman. I don't know about you, but that just communicates love and grace to me. In the middle of the deepest, most horrible pit he's in, because remember guys, he's, if you've read the book of Job, you will know that not only has he lost it all, but he's questioning God. He's like, why God? I don't get it. This is so unfair. I have tried to live a good life and here I'm being slammed with all of this. And so he's got this mental and emotional thing he's going through too. And so in the middle of all that, for his wife to come and say this has just had to have broken his heart. But instead of lashing out, instead of justifying a bad response, he says, I know that you're not like this. You are not a foolish woman. You're just talking like one. And so I just want to encourage you guys because this inspires me. I want it to inspire you too, that if Job didn't let anything justify or excuse his behavior or the words coming out of his mouth, then we shouldn't either. And um, 
we need to just give each other a little more grace, a little more love, a little more patience during this time. And if Job can do it, then we certainly can do it. And so that's something I've been thinking about a lot during this time, and I hope it encourages someone. I don't know about you guys, but I am so thankful that I've got people like that and so many more people like that in my life who speak encouragement, who speak wisdom, and who are fellow laborers in the gospel with me and with you guys. So I'm so thankful for that. But as we look at the final two verses, it, this theme continues. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 13 and 14, it says this. It's the very end of it all. It says, she who is at Babylon, that's the church at Babylon. Remember, at the very beginning, uh, this Babylon had already been gone away. It was done with. And he's using this as a reference point here. And he's using this as the church at Babylon. And who is likewise chosen sends you greetings. And so does Mark, my son. Now, this isn't actually Peter's son. We'll see that here in just a second. It says, greet one another with the kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. This is the Mark who he's talking about is Mark who wrote the gospel of Mark. And this Mark was also had a he also had a connection with Peter because if you guys remember the story in the book of Acts when Peter gets put in prison and he's, he's chained up by a bunch of guards. Remember this story? And then all of a sudden there was this group of people, apostles and disciples who were praying at the house and all of a sudden this angel comes and releases Peter out of prison. The doors go open. The guards, he walks by all the guards. He's set free miraculously and people were praying at the house and Peter shows up. Well, guess what? It was Mark Mark's mom's house that they were all praying at. And so Mark had this connection with Peter and he also had this connection with Paul. He's the same one, many believe, who was with Paul and Barnabas on Paul's missionary journey in the book of Acts. And he had been traveling with them, but it was time to go to another place. And this guy named John Mark, they called him John Mark, he decided he'd had enough and he was just going to go back. And so uh, he, he quit and went back. And then when it was time to go again, Barnabas wanted to take him. But Paul said, there's no way. I'm not going to take this guy. He's a quitter. He's, he left us. He deserted us. And so Paul and Barnabas actually split. And, and Barnabas went one way and Paul took Silas and went another way all over what Mark did. And so there was this fractured relationship. And we can see it in Acts chapter 15, verse 36 through 40. It says this, and after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now, Barnabas wanted to take with him John called Mark, but Paul thought it best not to take them with him one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose this sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. And Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. So for many years, there was this strained relationship and Paul and John Mark, they were at odds with one another. And, and it was, it was problem. It was a, it was an issue, but we know this from scripture somewhere down the road, they decided that their relationship was more important than the issue. And somewhere down the road, they decided to mend things together. They decided that they were going to, they were going to work it out. How do we know that? 
that, 2 Timothy, at the end of one of Paul's letters, in this shout-out section, he gives this little uh, request in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. It says, Luke alone is with me. And here he says, get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. And this is at the end of Paul's life. So somewhere they worked it out. Why? Because they realized it takes a long time to become old friends. And so some of you guys might be in a situation right now where maybe your relationship is fractured. Maybe you have had some division. Maybe while you're there at the house, you're finding some pressure points or some friction points. I've really felt led by God to pray over our relationships as we close out this series. And so maybe get that person in mind who maybe you've got some healing that needs to happen. And we're just going to speak life over relationships right now. So, so God, right now, we just thank you that you are the healer, not just of our body, but also of our mind, our will, our emotions, and of our relationships. And so we speak healing over any relationship right now that, that has division or friction that needs to come back together. We just speak peace right now to any relationship. We speak healing, health, wholeness. As you are lifted up in, in the relationship, whatever it is, whether it's a marriage or a friendship, whatever it is, we know that as we look towards you and we start to draw close to you, we actually draw close to one another because our will and our desires line up with your will and your desires. And so we speak that out right now, healing to relationships because relationships matter. And we thank you for that, that you're doing a work even when we can't see it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, as we close, guys, I want to I want to just let you know there's only one relationship that matters over everything else, and that's our relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you are going it alone, maybe you said I'm I'm not gonna you know I, I'm not gonna go. Uh, it, by myself anymore. And you're just at that point where you're tired of going by yourself. I want you to understand that Jesus did everything that needs to be done for you to be right with God. It doesn't matter how many sins you've committed. It doesn't matter how far you've strayed away from God. When you get this relationship with God right, everything else starts to fall into place. I don't mean you're going to have like the best life ever and all your problems go away. What I'm saying is when we get this right, then everything else, our priorities, priorities start to fall into place so that we can follow after God and so that we can honor God. And that is the relationship that affects all other relationships in our life. Jesus died on the cross. He paid the price for our sins, not so that we could try to work and earn our way to God. He did everything that was necessary so that we could have a relationship with God on the cross. He rose from the dead and he offers his life today. And if you're here today and you say, I, I need to surrender surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I'd like to pray for you. And you can just surrender your heart to Jesus right there where you are. So God, we thank you for what you've done on the cross, that you paid the price for our sins, that you rose from the dead. And if there's anyone out there right now who's watching, who needs to surrender their life to you, I pray that they would turn from their way and turn to your way. We declare that you are Lord of all. We declare that you've risen from the dead. We confess that with our mouths right now, and we receive your grace by faith faith right now in the name of Jesus. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, there's a link there on our website and there on our Facebook link where you can let us know. And we'd love to, to connect with you and to hook you up with some opportunities to take the next steps. So thank you guys for watching today as we concluded up this series, The Path of the Exile. I believe God has great things for our future. He is our hope. He is our peace. We'll see you next time.